0: Whether it's comedy, action-adventure, drama, horror, and everything else in between, all movies at least have one thing in common. They all share a message with you. This is Movie Night Apologetics, where I, Movie Apologist Clark, review and examine movies and their messages from a Christian perspective. What is up, movie lovers? Welcome to the Movie Night Apologetics podcast. I am so excited you are here for the very first episode. I mean, you can choose from literally thousands of other podcasts, yet you are here, and I'm excited that you're checking this podcast out today. I know what you may be wondering at this point. What is Movie Night Apologetics on? all about. And my hope today in this episode is to answer that for you. And I also want to share with you the reason why I decided to start a podcast about examining movies from a Christian perspective. So just to give you a little bit of my backstory, I am a believer in Christ. I'm a Christian and i in a way i grew up in a christian home as a little kid i went to wanna and as a teen i went to youth group for a few years and for the majority of my childhood i didn't really know what Christianity was all about. And so I knew thing. I knew stories like David and Goliath, you know, David slinging that stone against Goliath's head and Goliath falls down dead. I knew about Jonah and the whale. I knew about Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead so that our sins can be forgiven and that we we can have new life in Christ. But other than that, I really didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about the Bible, and I wasn't theologically trained or anything until I went to college. However, what really helped me growing up and what really helped me in my Christian walk was my mom and I would have movie nights every week on a Friday night. We'd pick a movie from a rental store, and for all you young people out there— uh it's basically what a rental store movie rental store is 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 basically a red box that you walk into. Anyways, we picked the most recent movie that came out and watched it while having pizza and soda and popcorn and all the goods that you usually have while watching a movie. And then every time we would get to an interesting part of the movie, we would pause and talk about what was going on in the scene, and my mom would show me how to discern themes of the movie or quotes from the movie to show me the Christian worldview through the movie we were watching that week. So, just to give you an example, there was a movie called Flight of the Phoenix, And it has Dennis Quaid in it, which this version of Flight of the Phoenix was a remake film of the 1965 film. And it's basically about this pilot that takes this cargo plane with like 15 other people across the Mongolian desert. But then there was a lightning storm. And instead of turning back and waiting the storm out, the captain decided to go through it. And because the plane was too heavy, the plane crashed in the middle of the desert, and now the only way that these people can survive is two options. One is waiting for someone to rescue them, or they could try to walk out of the desert. Well, the one idea is a waiting game, and the other is a suicide mission, seeing how they were hundreds of miles away from the nearest town. Well, there is a third option. You see, there is this guy on the plane that knows how to design planes. And so he tells the crew what to do and how to build the plane. Now, keep in mind, they are all in a desert with limited amount of water. It turns out the guy that knew how to build planes was drinking extra water because he was working and figuring out how to build the plane. Well, Everyone else was sleeping. So he decided that since he is working longer, which is basically him walking around and looking at a piece of paper he needed, to stay more hydrated than the rest of the crew. Well, as you can imagine, everyone gets upset at this guy. And the conversation between the plane designer and the crew gets really heated. And at one point, he says to the pilot and the rest of the crew, you need me to build this plane. Everyone here is dispensable except me. At that part of the movie, my mom paused and said, Is that true? I mean, really, is that statement true? Is everyone else dispensable except him? And I was like, I, I don't think, no, that, no, because that guy needed the crew and their muscles to build the plane. They are all important to the plane to get built in order to survive. I actually watched the movie again to get the exact quote from this, and I actually picked up a lot more themes and quotes that I could talk about here, but not on this episode. But the one other quote I found interesting was that later, the plane designer is talking to one of the crew members and says, if I had the strength of 10 men, I would have had that plane built by now. So the same guy that said earlier that everyone is dispensable except him now says if he had the strength of 10 men, he would have the plane built. So you can see how when you are examining this movie, This guy's thinking contradicts his previous statements. And what I want to do here on movie apologetics is take themes from a popular movie or quotes from a movie and examine them from a Christian perspective. So to use The Flight of the Phoenix movie, as an example, I would examine that quote like I just did. Point in scripture like why that kind of thinking is inaccurate according to the Bible, and here's how I would do that. So, Elliot, the plane designer guy, thinks he's the only valuable person that is contributing to getting this plane built right. However, from a Christian perspective, everyone working on that plane is important, and I'll show you this from a Christian point of view. Let's take the church, for example. Jesus is the head of the church. He is our authority, and the church is his body. Well, our body, our human body, has many parts. We have hands, we have feet, we have eyes, we have a nose, we have ears, we have legs, we have a stomach, heart, and body parts that you can't even see that we all need to have in order to thrive in this life. I want to read you First Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. It's a little bit long, but stick with me on this because I think it applies really well here when we're examining what this guy said in Flight of the Phoenix. Because this is the Apostle Paul in the Bible talking to the Corinth church about spiritual gifts that people have in the church. So here we go. For just as the body is one and has many members, okay, so our body is one, we have many members, hands, feet, legs, all that. And all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink from one of the spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, as it is, God arranged the members and the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were single, a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body in Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all possess gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret but earnestly desire the higher gifts and i will show you a still more excellent way so there are people in in the church of corinth and in the church all in the churches all around the world with different gifts and abilities like some are teachers some are prophets and none of them can claim that they don't need each other. Because in order for the church to thrive and get the gospel message out to the world, we all need each other. There isn't one that is important while the rest are dispensable. So when we look at the Flight of the Phoenix guy and his thinking about everyone here is dispensable except me, uh, that's pretty... Uh, wrong for him to say that because everyone matters and they all play an important role in getting that plane to fly off the ground. You got the crew that have the muscles that put it in. You have the pilot that's going to fly the plane out of there. You got him that's designing. They all play an important role. So it's interesting because as I was thinking about this podcast and putting it into the world I'm not doing this solo. I mean, you may think I'm doing it by myself, and it may seem that way because I do the notes, I record, I edit, I post, yada, yada, yada. This episode that you are listening to right now, as we speak, took thousands upon thousands, if not millions upon millions of people to get this information into your ears. And you're probably thinking, wait, what? That's crazy. If it's only you doing all of it, recording, editing, making the notes, if it's only you doing that, how in the world can that be? Well, it's very simple and yet extremely complex at the same time. Let's just start with this microphone that I'm talking into. Someone designed this thing. Another built it. Probably a factory, and there's probably factory workers that are on the line right now making a bunch of these microphones. Now these microphones have parts. So the company is probably buying the parts to build them. But wait a minute. Then there are the machines that the factory workers are using to create and design them. And they have a building that the contractors built on a land that the realtors helped sell to the company. And not to mention the workers that built and designed this thing had to eat. So the workers that built this microphone had to go to stores to buy food. You know, so that they wouldn't starve to death. Are you starting to see how far we can go with this? And that's just the microphone. That's not the UPS drivers. That's not the recorder that I'm using. That's not the headphones that you have in your ear right now or the phone that you're listening from. I literally cannot do this podcast without the help of millions upon millions of people. And that's wild to think about, but it's true. And I didn't even mention the one person that is by my side through all this that plays an important role, which is my wife, Bethany. She is my partner, That I do life with. We follow Jesus together through thick and thin, and she has helped me out in my walk with Christ. And she plays a role in this podcast by helping me out with my notes, so she'll read through them and make sure I'm not saying something stupid or maybe show me where things don't make as much sense. And she's also my public relations person to help me Uh, to promote this. So all this to say there are a lot of spiritual components you can drag out of movies to put into a biblical perspective. And so it's called movie night apologetics because my mom and I had movie nights every week and talked about the spiritual components in the movies. And I want to do the same thing with you. I think there are a lot of people in the world that just blindly watch entertainment to escape reality of their lives. Because let's face it, generally our lives are kind of boring. And movies have a way to suck you in into the story. To make it not boring. I mean, really, movies would be dead in the water if we saw Rocky Balboa train for months and months before he fights Apollo Creed. I mean, just think, you wouldn't have that montage, I think that's what it's called, where he's got that, you know, inspirational music going on for two minutes and then boom, he's at the fight. I mean, if they, sh- if they just showed him train for months, movies would be really boring. Nope, movies have a way of skipping past all the boring, mundane stuff that we usually go through in our daily life and we, and they just get right down to the heart of the movie which is the message. It's really easy after a long week of working hard to sit down with friends and family or by yourself and just escape from the reality by watching movies. But the fact of the matter is, these movies we are consuming for entertainment are from our reality. That's just fact. Plain and simple. Movies are from our reality. And it's sharing a message with you. And some messages are good and some are not so good. And some messages are good and some not so good. I want to give you an example of kind of like what I've been seeing lately with kids' movies and the way that they're progressing. Because back when I was a kid, you knew who the hero and the villain were. I knew who the bad guy was, and I knew who the good guy was. Like the movie Hercules, the Disney movie Hercules, for example. Hercules was the good guy, and Hades was the bad guy. Plain and simple, black and white. But now, as an adult, I'm raising kids... And the heroes and the villains in the animated movies are a little bit more confusing. Like Despicable Me, for instance. I love those movies, by the way. I think they're hilarious. Steve Carell does a great job. But it does send a mixed message towards kids and that it's okay to be a villain. Because my son, when we have pillow fights, wants to pretend to be a villain. He's like, I'm Megamind or I'm whatever the Despicable Me guy name is, Gru or something. And he wants to pretend to be a villain because guess what? He's seen movies like Despicable Me and Minions and Megamind and the bad guys where the main characters are not the bad, bad guys, but they're the bad guys. And it's sending a mixed messages to kids that in a way being a villain is okay. And now again there in the Mega Mind there was some redemption arc in that but still like it's sending a mixed messages to kids. Again, I'm not saying don't let your kids watch Despicable Me or Megamind. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. But we should be aware of the messages that are coming out of these movies when our kids watch them because it will affect your kids. And if the messages from the movies affect your kids, it can with us when we watch movies. I remember back in college, I was watching a lot of Walking Dead And yes, I know it's a TV show, it's not a movie, but just let me throw my point out here. (laughs) And there was this phase that I went through wanting to have my hair longer. And so I grew it out below my eyes. And then I started watching another show called Breaking Bad, which, by the way, is one of my favorite shows. And at some point, I'm probably going to do a review on El Camino and look at that from a biblical perspective just so that I could talk about the show Breaking Bad. But anyways, Breaking Bad, my favorite show, and I was watching it a ton, and then I started to cut my hair really short. And it finally dawned on me, I was growing my hair out and cutting my hair short because of what I was watching, what I was consuming was affecting what I was doing Physically, with my physical appearance. Walking Dead, they grew their hair out. I mean, Carl, he didn't even believe in scissors. I mean, did they ever find scissors in the houses that they try to look for food in? I mean, come on. The dude could have cut his hair, but he didn't. And then you had Breaking Bad. They had their hair cut short or bald even. So what I'm getting at is what we watch has an effect on us. And if it can come from a physical effect on us like me and my haircuts, what's it doing with the way we think about the world? Are the messages of the world infiltrating our minds and getting us farther and farther away from a biblical worldview? And that's what I want to do with Movie Night Apologetics. That's what it's all about, is to be able to show you the Christian worldview through the message of the movies. And my hope is as I do this, you'll be able to learn the Christian worldview and pick it up. And so that way when you watch other movies that I don't even talk about or review or anything like that, you can wisely discern for yourself and be like, no, wait, that's not true. That's not scriptural. That's what I want to do. And I'm so excited to be able to do that with you. So if you have any thoughts or comments about the movie, I review, please email me at movieapologetics 23 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and I would love to give you a shout out If you email me a special shout out and thanks again to my amazing wife, who's doing all the behind scenes work on the show to get it out. You, I love her and she supports me in doing this and is helping me through this. So thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next time. And until then, be mindful of the movies you watch and like my pastor always says, peace out. Whether it's at home or at the movie theaters, Movie Night Apologetics exists to help you, the listener, know the Christian worldview through the movie's messages. I am Movie Apologist Clark, and this is Movie Night Apologetics Podcast.